0: Welcome to Manufacturing Tomorrow, focusing on advanced manufacturing innovations, solutions, and partnerships that exist in our region now and in the future. Hello there. You're listening to Manufacturing Tomorrow, brought to you by the Ohio Manufacturing Institute at The Ohio State University. I'm Catherine Kelly, your host for this segment. Today, we are speaking with David Levine, Co-founder and president of Wireless Environment, an innovative lighting company based in Mayfield Village, Ohio, that produces LEDs, power sources, and controls under the Mr. Beams and SwitchSense brands. Exceeding $20 million in revenue in 2016, Wireless Environment produces off-grid, energy-efficient lighting with integrated power sources for light bulbs and fixtures. In to- 2008, they launched a line of wireless LED fixtures under the Mr. Beams brand, a bestseller on Amazon.com, with lighting bright enough to illuminate a closet, powered only by batteries so it can be installed anywhere by anyone without an electrician. ReadyBright, Bright, the world's first home portable power outage lighting system, runs solely on batteries. David has launched 21 consumer products and built a power tool company to $4 million in sales from startup. A senior product manager at Black & Decker and DeWalt from 1995 until 1999, he launched the rotary tool business. In 2000, he co-founded Home Products and launched 11 kitchen drawer power tools, including the first miniature powered screwdriver. David earned an MBA from Harvard Business School and own, and holds a BA in history from Washington University. David, welcome to the
1: show. Thanks, Catherine.
0: Uh, even though I provided a summary, would you offer our listeners who may not be familiar a a little history lesson on how Wireless Environments was founded and how it's developed as a company.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, So in uh, 2005, uh, my grandmother was going to the bathroom in the middle of the night. She didn't like to turn on the light because it messed with her sleep. And she fell and broke her hip. And um, it really led to some thinking uh, of how can we do this better? What, What device could we have invented that would have prevented... This added safety and insecurity in the house, and uh, my partner Mike, current partner Mike Recker, who's our CTO and co-founder, he and I were friends from Baltimore. He's an electrical engineer, so I called him, and we just started talking about what we could do. Uh, a week later, we started breadboarding uh, some, and you know, just kind of pulling apart other products. And it turns out, right then, LEDs were starting to be used for general illumination. Before 2005, all you saw LEDs were used for were basically flashers or indicators on VCRs at the time. So uh, we, our timing was just right that the LED companies were getting more brightness out of, their, out of their devices and by using batteries and motion sensors we put together a whole line of products that would stay off when you don't want them and go on when you want them. And that and was the beginning of a wireless environment.
0: And in the whole process you have 25 patents filed and 13 patents issued
1: yeah so we're kind of an unusual consumer product company you've got your products and in in a lot of cases it it, patents aren't relevant in consumer products it's distribution right and it's constantly updating the products and making good products but um, our vision from the start was if you take lighting off the grid uh, so that it's operating without electricity what else could you do with it? And when we started looking at that world, it got very exciting for us. We didn't know if we'd ever be able to capitalize on it, but we wrote a 90-page patent that had every idea we could possibly have. And for the last 10 years, we've just been pulling those ideas. We get the priority date of that idea because it was published in a patent, and we just do these continuations. And, and we've really just discovered that um, when lighting is off the grid, first of all, you can detect power outages wirelessly, and then have wireless lights that go on in your house, which never existed. And then once the lights are off the grid, they can communicate with each other and you can communicate with them. And it's a really exciting world right now.
0: And I would I would expect from the way that the home is going with a completely wireless environment that you there are many other options for you in the future.
1: So uh, it's a good point. You have all these systems uh, such as Nest and Ring and... Um, uh, smart things from Samsung and Google Home, and the and and the Amazon Echo. So the idea of allowing those devices to control our lights, which are installed without any wires, so five minutes.
0: Congratulations on uh, on your company landing on the twenty sixteen Inc. Five Thousand list that recognizes the fastest growing companies in the country. I know that uh, that that is a major coup. So what do you see as key to the company landing there?
1: Our growth is. Um, By improving the safety and security of people's homes. And um, we do it at a $10 to $40 cost. So I think my, and you talked about my previous company, was a power tool company, power tools that ran on alkaline batteries. And I've learned to live in that space where good enough is good enough. Like you can, uh, for a powered screwdriver, um, to really drive a one-inch, Uh, screw into a a piece of pine without a pilot hole takes a certain amount of torque and therefore you need, it's a certain amount of cost. That's probably a $20 screwdriver. And our thinking was at $10, what can you do and is it enough? And yeah, we figured out you could do about 80% of what you need to use a screwdriver for at $10 and, and you could store it in a kitchen drawer because it's alkaline batteries. You don't need to be charging it all the time. So that space has been really fruitful for us. There. So let's talk about lighting. When when it's dark out in your backyard and you let your dog out, um, and, and there could be a skunk, there could be a coyote up here where we are in, in Columbus. I'm sure you have coyotes also.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, any light, five lumens of light will tell you if there's something out there. So if you're competing with no light, then any amount of light can get you there. And if we can do it for $20 and you can install it yourself, there's a huge market. And I think the bigger companies tend to overlook this. They have in their mind, we need to either mimic what wired lights are or look at what people are currently using lights for. And instead we said, let's see what we can do where 80%, we get 80% of the way there, but we save people so much money and they can install it themselves. And I think that's, that's the rapid growth. I think what I'm most proud of is we've done it by raising only one point three million dollars in equity. So all those patents um, we've we've just gotten ourselves to the next milestone and then raise a minimal amount of money, gotten to the next milestone. It's it's created this bootstrapping mentality. It, we were really scrappy and we continue to be scrappy and um, we're able to control the company still, you know, with all this growth.
0: That's really impressive. And I had mentioned earlier that uh, that you sell your products on Amazon.com, and uh, that began in 2011,
1: right? That's right. They um, were the perfect partner for us at the time because you have people who are searching for new, new brands and new ideas. They're a little more upscale. They do their research. And um, with a few good reviews, we were able to overcome a no-name brand. The Mr. Beams was nothing to anyone in 2011. But with um, now we have one light, our first light, Catherine, 6,000 reviews on Amazon. And on average, we have like 4.3 stars out of five. So Amazon was just perfect for us. It's a meritocracy. If you're getting good reviews, it doesn't matter if you're GE or, you know, or Mr. Beams, people will, will find you. And it's been a great r- relationship. And based on uh, what I know from you, the, the customer service is key. Our philosophy is, you know, just make the customer happy. And if someone writes in on a Saturday and our customer service team isn't going to see it till Monday, it drives me crazy. So I answer all the, uh, the customer emails over the weekend.
0: Well, and I'm thinking about it compared to, uh, believe it or not, mattresses. And, you know, there are some mattress companies that, uh, that I won't name that get really high marks, but it really is based on their customer service and not necessarily on the quality of the mattress. But I think that your philosophy is a bit different with Mr.
1: Beam's, that it's the product as well. We d- yeah, we just want people to, uh, to really be happy. And I'll tell you just about every uh, email we get where someone has a problem. They say, first of all, I wanna tell you I love your products. And you know, we have four of these and one of them is doing something funny. And Can you help me? So yeah, the products, and, and, and going back to your question about growth, our first product was so perfect. And, and a lot of it is luck because I had designed it in such a way um, that was terrible. It would have it been a major failure. And someone, a friend of a friend in China came over and had made a prototype without me asking him. He just wanted to get the business. And he's like, hey, I made a prototype of your light. And I said, that's not my light. That is ugly. And he said, no, this is from the design. And it caused us to go back to a drawing board. That was our first spotlight. It's a uh, 1999 spotlight. That, this is a light that has 6,000 reviews on Amazon. And the number one selling light unit-wise ever on Amazon. And that product, good product development, takes care of so many problems. First of all, right, customer service. We've only, we've gotten by with either half or one customer service person the whole time. We, um, you know, and, and, and it's because it's a, we, we design the products right. We, when you design a product well, it's harder for people to knock off. It's good margins. People intrinsically see the value. You don't have to invest in marketing as much. You don't have to in, incent the retailers. So it's all done in that first, that fuzzy front end where you're coming up with the idea and making it as attractive as possible from a price point, features, value, performance, all that stuff, and quality.
0: So, Where you are right now, based on your own experience, what are the lessons learned that you would pass on to your 2008 self when you started the company?
1: Number one is um, don't panic. It's not, you're not falling off a cliff. And I think from an, uh, as an entrepreneur and a very um, anxious person in general, I I looked at it and, and thought every, Every th- negative thing that happened was a cliff that I was going to fall off and, and hit the bottom and, and you know, like, like the uh, coyote and in uh, Roadrunner. But it's not. It, there are steps. You may go down a step. You may go down two steps. But then you can go back up those steps. So don't take everything so dramatically. Um, setbacks are oftentimes opportunities that are, are disguised at the time. Good advice for
0: anybody. Uh, you're located in northeast ohio why are you here what, what, what is it about the ecosystem here that uh, you find supportive
1: good um good people good values um a lot of uh, team mentality in you know in the community you see that in everything you do in the in northeast ohio um low cost of you know our rent is is inexpensive the ecosystem uh, walks you through, you have um, organizations like Magnet, Glide, bring you to Jumpstart. And then we had help from the Innovation Ohio Loan Fund, which helped us um, acquire a lot of the patents that we did. So I, I, I find the state to be fantastic for um, for building a business. And uh, I'm surprised more people aren't doing it. And in fact, I, I have a meeting next, Catherine, that is talking about that. Why aren't more people starting companies around here? And I'm, I'm a little surprised. I see a lot of smart people, and I wonder if if it, people come here to be comfortable. You know, it's a really comfortable place to live, and does that go against being an entrepreneur? Because it's it's ultimately a very uncomfortable thing to do.
0: Well, my understanding from uh, from a, a number of conversations and and doing the research is that uh, we we do make a lot of things in Ohio. You know, it's more of of a um, for lack of a better term we're making you know items and, and it's not uh, as focused on the you know the the high-tech idea and you know the uh, the new app so I mean, do you find that uh, to be a, a difference
1: I do um, there's a lot of people with good consumer product background here you know you had companies like um, step two and um, manco the duct tape guy. You know, there's a lot of good product people in town um, and, and, um, the spin brush toothbrush, which was one of the greatest consumer product successes of all time was, was developed here. And, um, that mentality is, is pretty strong. I am seeing a lot more, uh, groups doing apps and the, the younger generation is definitely, I'm um, seeing almost exclusively, uh, you know, when we talk about entrepreneurship, it's, it's apps and, and software. So, uh, it's good to see. I just don't know, you know, we, we think around here we're seeing more of it but when i go to other cities it feels like they're growing faster than northeast ohio is in in these areas
0: well that's interesting i'll have to make that a topic for another interview um, but we asked most everybody this who comes on the show uh, what would surprise us the most about wireless environment
1: i think uh... we are really focused on safety and security in the home and we've been trying to think about how do you take it to the next level where especially we have a young workforce, they're always looking for more meaning in in what they're doing than just getting a paycheck. So we've put it together and we're picking a street in Cleveland and we are gonna spend the day, take our products and improve the safety and security of the whole neighborhood by putting spotlights on trees and putting night lights between the the bedroom and the bathroom and on the stairs and installing lights in sheds and we think when we look at what we do in that manner it makes us all feel like it's it's well beyond just an entrepreneurial venture and it makes the idea of being an entrepreneur so much more fulfilling for all of us
0: and that really goes back to the impetus of why you started this business in the first place and that was uh to help out uh, your grandmother right yes
1: we do, we've done a lot of uh studies on falls in the home and Besides them being very frequent, there's like, if you look at the stats, there is an incredible chance, Catherine. If someone falls, an elderly person falls in the house and like breaks something, like, the mortality rate is, it's crazy because you go in the hospital and then things start to go downhill. So, yeah, we we feel good about that part of what mm-hmm. we're doing.
0: Let's go back to uh, the trends in the home, and uh, you had mentioned uh, connecting with other devices. And uh, so what's happening in the smart home that's affecting uh, what you're developing uh, in, in terms of your product line?
1: So in, in our style, I had mentioned, you know, we're we're not big into, we, we didn't go out and raise a lot of money. We do things somewhat, you know, a counter to what entrepreneurs do. Smart home is something that has intrigued us, but also annoyed us at the same time. Like why you need a connected blender, right? Like that, we've always wondered, like, has this smart home stuff gotten out of control the internet of things there are things that just shouldn't be connected and um so we didn't want to just connect for the sake of connecting but so many people have asked us hey can i adjust the auto shut off time on your lights can i make the lights brighter or dimmer or can i tell them i'm on vacation and if they detect motion they should do something different Mm -hmm. um and we thought okay so there's something there that would be nice to connect with a, a device and then we also started playing with um, what if your lights could notify you. So let's say you put, uh, this is my, my dad all the way, right? My dad's retired, lives in Florida, and the mail is like the biggest thing for him. He mm-hmm. waits for the mail. I don't know what he gets, still gets in the mail because he's big on email. But um, a device, uh, a motion sensor you put in the mailbox, when the mailbox is open, it sends you a text. It just sends you a notification, hey, mailbox. So, um, you know, we, and that could be a light, that could be just a motion sensor. So we are launching in, in three months a whole line of our lights that you can program and will give you feedback. You can group them. So like the Sono do you have the Sonos system or have you seen the Sonos? It's mm-hmm. a music throughout your house and you can group You, can group my, you know, your kitchen and your bedroom kind of thing. So our lights, you can say, all right, these five lights are going to work together. If one detects motion, they'll all go on and they'll send me a notification and um you can also adjust many things and one thing we're we're so the reason we have auto shut off is we don't want people wasting the batteries that's the downfall of our lights right if someone left them on for for two hours a night to light up a tree that you'd have to change the batteries once a month so as you adjust uh, auto shut off brightness and um motion sensitivity the, the app will tell you what it's doing to your battery life. So you're, you're in control, you may, if you don't mind changing the batteries more often, you know, normally it's once a year, but if you want to brighter or on more. Um, a panic button, so if you wake up in the middle of the night you hear a noise, you t- take either a separate button or your your app next to your bed, and you hit the button, and all your lights will go on, you can even program them to blink, so they scare that noise away. So um, we do think there's there's utility in kind of in becoming part of the smart home. And so we're launching those products. And then they will talk to Amazon Echo. So you would say, uh, Alexa, turn on backyard lights. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that came from a study. Our, our head product guy took his lights home. Uh, he took, uh, it was a Philips Hue lights home. And it had a, uh, an app. And he's asking his wife, how come you're not using these lights? And she's like, well, by the time I open my phone and get the app up, I might as well just get up in and turn the light switch on. But once he connected Hugh to Alexa, and she could say, Alexa, turn on living room lights. Whole different world. Now, does that tell, tell you we're really lazy? Or is there there's significant utility there for what, it, what it's worth to be able to just talk a command? And uh, we want to play in that space. We think it, it adds utility doesn't it free us up for other more important things like <laughs> that, that, I,
0: that question will remain <laughs> <laughs> out in yeah. the ether space.
1: I think, uh, uh, I, I guess it does. And, um, I think a lot of this stuff is, is helping us, um, just be more efficient. I think hands-free commands are a big deal. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think, you know, I've thought this for 20 years, but like, um, you know the the dictation software like why is anyone typing when you can just the dictation software is such that you can just talk a whole document i I think sometime in the future we're gonna get over that hump and i think hands-free um you get used to it pretty fast
0: well if nothing else i know what your father's going to get for the holidays thank you so much david for coming on the show
1: thanks Catherine. enjoyed it